Chapter Fourteen of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Concerns the Curse of the Cardinal. Gabrielle and Walter were seated together under one of the big oaks at the edge of the tennis lawn at Conican. With May Spencer and Lady Murray, they had been playing, but his mother and the young girl had gone into the house for tea, leaving the lovers alone. "'What's the matter with you today, darling?' he had asked as soon as they were out of hearing. "'You don't seem yourself somehow.' She started quickly, and pulling herself up, tried to smile, assuring him that there was really nothing amiss. "'I do wish you'd tell me what it is that's troubling you so,' he said. "'Ever since I returned from abroad, you've not been yourself. It's no use denying it, you know. "'I haven't felt well, perhaps. I think it must be the weather,' she assured him. But he, viewing the facts in the light of what he had noticed at their almost daily clandestine meetings, knew that she was concealing something from him. Before his departure on that journey to Japan, she had always been so very frank and open. Nowadays, however, she seemed to have entirely changed. Her love for him was just the same, that he knew. It was her unusual manner, so full of fear and vague apprehension, which caused him so many hours of grave reflection. With her woman's cleverness, she succeeded in changing the topic of conversation, and presently they rose to join his mother at the tea-table in the drawing-room. Half an hour later, while they were idling in the hall together, she suddenly exclaimed, "'Walter, you're great on Scottish history, so I want some information from you. I'm studying the legends and traditions of our place, Glencardine. What do you happen to know about them?' "'Well,' he laughed, there are dozens of weird tales about the old castle. I remember reading quite a lot of extraordinary stories in some book or other about three years ago. I found it in the library here. Oh, do tell me about it, she urged instantly. Weird legends always fascinate me. Of course, I know just the outlines of its history. It's the tales told by the country folk in which I'm so deeply interested. You mean the apparition of the lady in green and all that? Yes, and the whispers. He started quickly at her words and asked, "'What do you know about them, dear? "'I hope you haven't heard them.' She smiled with a frantic effort at unconcern, saying, "'And what harm, pray, would they have done to me even if I had?' "'Well,' he said, "'they are only heard by those whose days are numbered, "'at least so say the folk about here. "'Of course it's only a fable,' she laughed. "'The people of the Oakiels are so very superstitious.' I believe the fatal result of listening to those mysterious whispers has been proved in more than one instance, remarked the young man quite seriously. For myself, I do not believe in any supernatural agency. I merely tell you what the people hereabouts believe. Nobody from this neighborhood could ever be induced to visit your ruins on a moonlit night. That's just why I want to know the origin of the unexplained phenomenon. How can I tell you? But you know, I mean, you've heard the legend, haven't you? Yes, was his reply. The story of the Whispers of Glencardine is well known all through Perthshire. Hasn't your father ever told you? He refuses. Because no doubt he fears that you might perhaps take it into your head to go there one night and try to listen for them, her lover said. Do not court misfortune, dearest. Take my advice and give the place a very wide berth. There is, without a doubt, some uncanny agency there. The girl laughed outright. I do declare, Walter, 
that you believe in these foolish traditions she said well i'm a scot you see darling and a little superstition is perhaps permissible especially in connection with such a mystery as the strange disappearance of cardinal Satone. then tell me the real story as you know it she urged i'm much interested i only heard about the whispers quite recently the historical facts so far as i can recollect reading them in the book in question he said are to the effect that the most reverend james cardinal Setun, archbishop of st andrews chancellor of the kingdom was in the middle of the sixteenth century directing all his energies towards consolidating the romish power in scotland and not hesitating to resort to any crime which seemed likely to accomplish his purpose many were the foul assassinations and terrible tortures upon innocent persons performed at his orders one person who fell into the hands of this infamous cleric was margaret the second daughter of charles lord glencardine a beautiful girl of nineteen because she would not betray her lover she was so cruelly tortured in the cardinal's palace that she expired after suffering fearful agony and her body was sent back to glencardine with an insulting message to her father who at once swore to be avenged the king had so far resigned the conduct of the kingdom into the hands of his eminence that nothing save armed force could oppose him Satoon knew that a union between henry the eighth and james the fifth would be followed by the downfall of the papal power in scotland and therefore he laid a skilful plot whilst advising james to resist the dictation of his uncle he privately accused those of the scottish nobles who had joined the reformers of meditated treason against his majesty this placed the king in a serious dilemma for he could not proceed against henry without the assistance of those very nobles accused as traitors the wily cardinal had hoped that james would in self-defence seek an alliance with france and spain but he was mistaken you know of course how the forces of the kingdom were assembled and sent against the duke of norfolk the invader was thus repelled and the cardinal then endeavoured to organise a new expedition under romish leaders this also failing his eminence endeavoured to dictate to the country through the earl of arran the governor of scotland by a clever ruse he pretended friendship with erkskin of dun and endeavoured to use him for his own ends curiously enough over yonder and he pointed to a yellow parchment in a black ebony frame hanging upon the panelled wall of the hall over there is one of the cardinal's letters to erskine which shows the infamous cleric's smooth insinuating style when it suited his purpose i'll go and get it for you to read the young man rose and taking it down brought it to her she saw that the parchment about eight inches long by four wide was covered with writing in brown ink half faded while attached was a formidable oval red seal which bore a coat of arms surmounting the cardinal's hat with difficulty they made out the interesting letter to read as follows right honourable and traced cousing i commend me heartily to you not doubting but me lord governor he's written specially to you at this time to keep the diet with his lordship in edinburgh the first day of november next to come quilk i doubt not but you will keep and i know perfectly well your good will and mind air inclined to serve my lord governor and how ye are not only determined to serve his lordship at this time be yourself but all's your great wise and solicitation made with money your great friends to do the same in quilk i assures 
you shall come bathe to your ear on air and the veil of you and your house and friends quilk you shall be sure i procure and fortify ere at my power as i have shown in mare special my mind here until to your cousin of brecon night praying you affectuously to keep triste and to be heir in st andrews at me this next wednesday that we may depart altogether by thursday next to come toward my lord governor and bring your friends and servants with you accordingly and as my lord governor has special confidence in you at this time and be sure that pleasure i can do you shall be ever ready at my power as no is god qua preserve you eternal at st andros on the twenty-fifth day of october fifteen forty four j cardinal off st andrews to the right honourable and our right trade cruising the laird dunn most interesting declared the young girl holding the frame in her hands it's doubly interesting because it is believed that erskine's brother henry finding himself befooled by the crafty cardinal united with lord glencardine to kill him and dispose of his body secretly thus ridding scotland of one of her worst enemies walter went on for the past five years stories had been continually leaking out of setone's inhuman cruelty his unscrupulous fiendish tortures inflicted upon all those who displeased him and how certain persons who stood in his way had died mysteriously or disappeared no one knew whither hence it was that at erskine's suggestions weymouth of strathblane went over to glencardine and with charles lord glencardine conspired to invite the cardinal there on pretense of taking counsel against the protestants but instead to take his life the conspirators were it is said joined by the earl of kentire and by mary the sixteen-year-old daughter of lord charles and sister of the poor girl so brutally done to death by his eminence on several successive nights the best means of getting rid of setones were considered and discussed and it is declared that the whispers now heard sometimes at glencardine are the secret deliberations of those sworn to kill the infamous cardinal mary the daughter of the house was allowed to decide in what manner her sister's death should be avenged and at her suggestion it was resolved that the inhuman head of the roman church should before his life was taken be put to the same fiendish tortures as those to which her sister had been subjected in his palace it is curious that after his crime the cardinal should dare to visit glencardine gabrielle remarked not exactly his lordship pretending that he wished to be appointed governor of scotland in the place of earl of arran had purposely made his peace with seton who on his part was only too anxious to again resume friendly relations with so powerful a noble therefore early in may fifteen forty six he went on a private visit and almost unattended to glencardine within the walls of which fortress he disappeared forever what exactly occurred will never be known all that the commission who subsequently sat to try the conspirators were able to discover was that the cardinal had been taken to the dungeon beneath the north tower and there tortured horribly for several days and afterwards burned at the stake in the courtyard the fire being ignited by lord glencardine himself and the dead cardinal's ashes afterwards scattered to the winds a terrible revenge exclaimed the girl with a shudder they were veritable fiends in those days they were he laughed rehanging the frame upon the wall some historians have of course declared that satone 
was murdered at Maine's Castle, and others declare Cortaki to have been the scene of the assassination. But the truth that it occurred at Glencardine is proved by a quantity of the family papers which, when your father purchased Glencardine, came into his possession. You ought to search through them. I will. I had no idea Dad possessed any of the Glencardine papers, she declared, much interested in that story of the past. Perhaps from them I will be able to glean something further regarding the strange whispers of Glencardine. Make whatever searches you like, dearest, he said in all earnestness, but never attempt to investigate the whispers themselves. And as they were alone, he took her little hand in his, and looking into her face with eyes of love, pressed her to promise him never to disregard his warning. She told him nothing of her own weird experience. He was ignorant of the fact that she had actually heard the mysterious whispers, and that, as a consequence, a great evil already lay upon her. End of chapter 14